Alright legends, welcome along to Skim Me Up Body. We're going to get into some more Star Trek here, this one. We're going to be talking a little bit about Star Trek Nemesis. Now, I don't hate Star Trek Nemesis, but I do kind of understand why this was the last movie they made in the, that current run of the films. Um... The last movie before this one, uh, Insurrection and this one, it just felt like a, a big episode of The Next Generation. And uh, I did say in that, that review, you know, I, I feel that it's just because the, the production value of The Next Generation was that high, like it wasn't that far away from movie quality, in all honesty. And... Uh, Yes, it is what it is, but I, I'm kind of two minds about the ending of this film, and uh, I did say, I believe also in the last review, I was talking about doing the next steps after the movies, and I think the first series we'll do on the show will be Star Trek Picard, because it leans very, very heavily into... Uh, what happens in the Star Trek Nemesis? Uh, if you've not seen Picard yet, well, obviously you're listening to a, a Star Trek podcast. You're on the Star Trek. You you obviously have uh, watched it, but uh, we'll get to that in due course. Um, but Nemesis, two thousand and two. I for some reason I thought it was before two thousand and two. Uh, it was directed by Stuart Baird, uh, the 10th film in the franchise, and the 4th and final to star the Next Generation cast. Uh, written by John Logan, uh, from a story developed by Logan, Brent Spinner, and producer Rick Berman. Uh, the Enterprise E... Uh, and the crew are forced to deal with a threat to the United Federation of Planets from a clone of Captain Picard named Shinzon, who has taken control of the Romulan Empire. Um, the film's good, don't get me wrong, but uh, I don't know. It's not that I find it hard work, it's just. It's not a go to for me, in all honesty. Like, the, the whole of the original cast is back in here and uh that's a that's a fairly decent time <laughs> um how much money did it make um uh the film was a box office failure i'm just looking at the internet here when i'm doing this here um doo -doo -doo. The principal for t photography of the film took place November 2001 to March 2002. Nemesis held its world premiere at the Grubin's Chinese Theatre in Los Angeles on December 9th, 2002. The film was released in North America December 13th, 2002 and received generally mixed reviews with publications criticising it for being the least successful in the franchise The Box. The film at the box office was a complete failure, earning $67 million worldwide against a $60 million budget. 
Ooh, plans for a final film featuring the Next Generation cast was scrapped, and the film series was rebooted instead of Star Trek in 2009, which was a box office success. Now, that's fresh news to me, because the way this here film ends, it really does kind of tie up all the loose ends. You know, it's uh, Riker and Troy, they get married, they move on to their, their new life, Riker even gets his own ship after too many years of you know turning stuff down and uh, as much as I didn't like what they did with Data at the end of this movie I do kind of get it because Picard from Star Trek Generations uh, if you think back to that film when he discovers that his his brother and his nephew have died in a fire and he's the only Picard left and he has the conversation with Troy that, you know, he's the, the Picard line is going to end with him he's not going to have any children or anything to carry on the Picard name so at the end of this film uh, he has uh the droid B4, or the android B4, you know, which is pretty much an earlier version of Data. Uh, Data tried to upload his engrams into him, and uh, at the end of the film, Picard is talking to him, and, uh, you know, almost like a father to a son sort of a deal, you know, this, this version of Data, B4, isn't as advanced. So he's very childlike in the way that he, you know, does things. And uh, at the end of the film, it's B4 starts to sing Blue Skies, which the real data had been singing at the beginning of the film at the, the wedding of Troy and Riker. So, so at the end of the movie, uh, you get three of the main characters getting you know, a new path in life and Picard, though he doesn't have any family or children of his own, he now has this android version of Data which is almost like a child itself. And at the end of the movie he leaves the room and before starting to sing Blue Skies and Picard smiles and walks off. And uh it's almost as if okay, Picard's gonna be okay now because he has something, even though it's not his own son, it's as close to a son as he's ever going to get. So I kind of appreciated it, the end of this movie, for what it was done for Picard, you know, give him a bit of meaning, more meaning to his life, if you get what I'm saying. But the, the film itself is, yeah, it is kind of hard work. In all fairness, although the effects on it are brilliant. At the beginning, uh, on Romulus, uh, the Senate there, the bit in terms of peace and alliance with uh, Reman rebel leader Shenzon. The Remans, of course, they're a slave race to the Romulan Empire from Reem, from the, their neighbouring planet, Remus. And uh, they're used as miners and pretty much cannon fodder for the Empire. 
when a faction of the military supports Shinzon, the Praetor and the Senate oppose the alliance and reject the notion. And uh, they are then, all of them, assassinated by a device left in the room. Uh, which doesn't just... You know, I'm reading up on some of the details of this movie and it says they're, they're disintegrated. It's not even that there. It's, it's it's almost as if the, all the liquid in their, their bodies, all the fluids is all dried up and they pretty much... They just... The, the Praetor falls on it, like he just dries out, skin cracks, and he falls on his face, and he bursts open like a clay. Like, it's it's an amazing effect. Um, Enterprise. Uh, we cut to that there, of course. As I did say, the, the marriage of Riker and Troy. Uh, the real data serenades a couple of rendition of Blue Skies. And... Uh, after the wedding ceremony on Earth, they actually have to go to Troy's home planet for a, a ceremony there. So they're going to do have two wedding ceremonies, and uh, <laughs> there's a bit of comedy in here with Worf, who isn't happy at all because on, on Troy's planet, they have to get married in the nude, so he's not uh, up for that whatsoever. But uh, even Picard's having a bit of fun at uh, at Worf and saying, like, you know, big strapping fella like you, what have you got to wor- be worried about? If you need me, I'll be in the gym. <laughs> that sort of deal. Um, but on their way, they discover an energy reading from Kolaris 3 near the Romulan neutral zone. And Picard, Worf, and Data go down onto the planet and they find. B4, as I say, a version of Data that they, uh, they just pretty much deduce to be an earlier version of Data. It's just not as advanced. Of course, there was Data and Lore, like the, the two, the, you know, the good version, the bad version in the series. But uh, this one here, they just assume that this one was a prototype that came before Data and Lore. But that's about as far as they go. I'm trying to work that out. And uh, Enterprise is then ordered to a diplomatic mission to Romulus. Shinzon, of course, has taken over the Empire. And he wants to uh, talk peace with the Federation. So, uh, you know, nobody's really going to fall for that one. You know, as the Romulans, after all. And, uh, you know, everybody is well within the rights to be suspicious of these guys but Picard goes to meet Shinzon and uh, quickly discovers that uh, Shinzon is a, a clone of Picard not a a clone that matches him in age but uh, it looks like Picard whenever he was younger and uh, he even offers a veil of his own blood to Picard and the crew so they can go and test it just to see, you know, that he is indeed a clone of Picard and they they learn that he was secret well he basically just tells them you know the Romulans at one point had plans to clone certain members of the Federation and then 
kill the real one and put the clone in place. Uh, so they would have high-ranking officials within Starfleet itself. But uh, with governments chopping and changing in their army and empire, someone decided somewhere along the line that you know, we're not going to follow through with us here and cancelled the clone plan. And uh, Shinzon was still a child at the time. He was left in Remus to die as a slave. And uh, so, you know, he fought his way up. Pretty much the only human in the Romulan Empire. And, and he managed to fight his way up and become leader of the Remans. And uh, he's built a heavily armed flagship called Scimitar. Uh, this thing here is producing low levels of deadly Thaleron radiation Enterprise discovers and that's that radiation is what they used at the beginning of the movie to kill the uh, the Senate so uh, this is a ship that's built with the ability to actually use this and target this energy uh, so by the end of the film this, the ship's going to be heading towards Earth to take out the Federation the thing is with the the way the, the clone idea was going to work, uh, you know, they couldn't wait for a lifetime for a clone to slowly grow. They had a a process where at one point it would be you know rapid aging up to the point where it would be compatible with the person that the clone was going to replace but since the since the whole plan was scrapped that part of the the medical procedure let's say wasn't initiated in time so Shinzon is actually dying and the only way he can survive is to get a full transfusion of blood from Picard so he wants to kill Picard and, you know, just to protect himself so he can live on sort of a deal but uh, Shinzon then kidnaps Picard and B4 and we discover that B4 was actually, you know, he was planted on the planet as a lure. So, you know, whenever you think about it that way, is B4 actually a prototype of Data or was he constructed to like pose as a an earlier version you know was he built by the Romulans you know that, that didn't really in the last few and like, I've watched this film but three times since it came out and, you know, it just it was released at a time where I was in a fairly busy stage in my own personal life um, where are we at uh, yes turns out the B4 that they have kidnapped along with Picard isn't in fact B4 but it is Data himself posing as B4. He rescues Picard and they determine Shinzon plans to use the warship to invade the Federation using the Phileron radiation generator to eradicate all life. There is a, a, an entertaining part in that their escape where they get into this little like shuttle craft, two two seater shuttle to get off the Samtar at at can uh, cloak as well. 
and uh, they can't get the, the the space doors to open to escape so they end up flying through the corridors of the ship inside this little two-seater thing with uh, Picard piloting Data sitting in there with him. Uh, I think Picard was having, Patrick Stewart I should say, was having a, a mess load of fun in this film and those little action sequences there's a part earlier on when they're on the planet and he's on this like June buggy sort of a deal uh, just having the time of his life um, they get back to Enterprise and they're racing back to Federation space to try and beat the Shantar there and warn the Federation of what's going to happen but they're intercepted by the Scimitar and despite the aid of two Romulan warbirds who realise Shinzon's gone daft here you know, stuff that there we're swapping sides, we're going to help Enterprise here and the fight begins uh, they're fairly quickly disabled and uh, Enterprise also heavily damaged Picard actually tries to get the self-destruct going on Enterprise but it's damaged as well so he decides to ram the scimitar with the Enterprise which is a really really good effect sequence Shinzon then last ditch attempt he's just like you know he's on the verge of dying anyway so he's like you know I'm going to take everybody with me he activates the failure on weapon Picard boards the scimitar beams across but Everything's in that bad a ship. Transporter buckles. He's over there. They can't get him back. Uh, so they face off. Picard ends up killing them. And there's part of him that's, you know, this is the enemy. You know, he had to be stopped. But what he's really looking at when Shinzon dies is a younger, more youthful version of himself. You know, a, like a part of himself that if he had have made a different choice in his life, you know, he could have been easily this character. But uh, so he's when he dies, this the scimitar is, is building up to pretty much self destruct at this point. And uh, at this point, Dita turns up after having. You know, he can't transport from ship to ship, so he actually runs with the help of Geordi down the corridor to the front of the Enterprise, which is now tore to pieces after having rammed the scimitar. And when he's about to hit the force field, Geordi turns it off and the decompression shoots him like a torpedo towards the, the scimitar. So he gets across there and he has... Uh, a little transporter beacon with him, uh, emergency transporter, and just you know, it's pretty much a communicator. You just slap it on you, press the button, and it'll take you back to the Enterprise. Only problem is there's only one of them, so only one can survive. So, Data, being the legend that he is, saves Picard, but sacrifices himself. He's on board the Scimitar when it explodes, and uh, yes. That pretty much closes off the film. We end up at the end of it. Riker 
leaving to go to the, the Titan as a new ship. Um, we have that scene with Picard and B4. Uh, I talking. No, I was talking about it earlier on <laughs> the episode. Forgive me, I'm so tired tonight. I just had my second COVID vaccination yesterday and I'm feeling the effects of it. But, uh, yes, this is a scene where B4 starts to sing Blue Skies, which closes out the movie. Now, I don't know where you fall at on this film, but, uh, as I did say, I, I do kind of understand and see why they made the decision to stop after this one. The last two movies that the Next Generation did were just huge, huge versions of the show. They, they, just, they did not feel like films whatsoever. And uh, this one in particular, like I do have, even though Insurrection... Isn't a fantastic film whenever you set it up along the previous installments, you know, of the original cast. Like, it's always going to be very hard to beat those original movies. And uh, Next Generation did a fairly decent job with uh, First Contact. And you could say Generations as well. They kind of, you know, they carried the weight in that film pretty well. But they did have Kirk... And there with them. So, uh, you know, that was the crossover movie. So it was, uh, there was a good safety net in that film. And uh, as I say, their first solo adventure, First Contact, was absolutely fantastic. Like, it's right up there with uh, The Wrath of Khan. Not, not as good as, well, whenever, you, whenever you're talking about the Next Generation movies, which is the best out of the four. And, uh, you know, First Contact is definitely it. And if you're talking about the original cast, which be, which was the best movie out of them, easily The Wrath of Khan. So, uh, First Contact was The Wrath of Khan for the next generation. But uh, that was the height of their film outings. Like it just it didn't get any better after that. Although I do enjoy Insurrection, I can watch that movie if it's on. If I'm flipping the channels, come across it, I'll watch it. But uh, I have to say, Nemesis, um, you know, it's probably the only film in the whole run of Star Trek movies that I can pass up, along with the new <laughs> Kelvin Timeline movies. And we'll get into those in the next three episodes. Although the first one is fairly good. But, uh, yes, uh, join me for the next episode whenever we talk about Star Trek from, what year was it? I want to say 2009. Where did I see that? I had it noted down there, sober. You can hear my... There you are. Yeah, Star Trek was 2009. Great job. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. I am ready to pass out. So, forgive me for trapping through this episode. I'm just not really feeling it tonight at all, but I'm trying my hardest 
to put this podcast back onto like a regular upload schedule and uh tuesdays and thursdays every week if possible and uh, we are letting the upload tonight but as i did say i want to get these out for you twice a twice a week we're going to keep up with that there so can't be perfect all the time sorry guys but uh yes i'll talk to you in the next episode stay safe this has been a production of coins age media thank you so much for listening